Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. With the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bill Stern speaking from the Windy City of Chicago, bringing you the 422nd edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. We're speaking from Chicago, Illinois tonight because we're here getting ready to broadcast tomorrow's Illinois-Michigan football game. And our guest tonight is the most famous football coach in America, the coach of Notre Dame, Frank Leahy. But before we bring you the coach of the Fighting Irish in person, here is Real One. Here in Chicago, from where we're broadcasting tonight, they know that if you set out to name America's all-time greats in golf, somewhere high up on that list, you'd have to name Gene Sarazen, the grand little veteran who insists that Colgate Freshless Shave Cream holds the course record for shaving his whiskers, for he recently wrote me, Dear Bill, just as you say, Colgate Brushless is light and right. It goes on easy, softens whiskers fast, rinses clean, and never clogs my razor. Colgate Brushless Shave Cream, that's for me, Gene Sarazen. For honest praise like that, you know there must be good reason. Listen. There are three important advantages in Colgate Brushless. One, it doesn't mat and stick whiskers down so your razor slides over. No, Colgate Brushless is so light and fine textured, it surrounds the stubble and holds each hair upright for smooth, close cutting. Two, being light, not heavy and greasy, Colgate Brushless acts super fast to soften each hair and keep it soft. Three, Colgate Brushless goes on faster, comes off faster, and cannot foul your razor. Look, I'm so sure that Colgate Brushless will win you on each one shave that I'll make you this proposition. Get a tube of Colgate Brushless and you try it. If it doesn't give you better, cleaner, closer, more comfortable shaves, I'll see that you get double your money back. So if you're not 100% satisfied with Colgate Brushless, remember... Just send the top of the carton back to me, Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey, and get double your money back. Get yourself some Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions. Real 2, profile of Notre Dame. Tomorrow, Notre Dame plays Navy in one of the top games in this nation. We'll do a Navy story later in this show, but first, let's do a story on Notre Dame. And it's appropriate that we tell this Notre Dame story tonight. For tonight is Halloween. And this story, besides being about Notre Dame, is a Halloween story. When you think of Halloween, you think of witches on broomsticks, of goblins and of ghosts, and of tombstones dancing in the moonlight. Tombstones in a deserted graveyard. Well, our story tonight begins in a graveyard. You see those three graves over there? Our story is about the men who lie under those graves. They're dead. But once not so long ago... Not so long ago, out at Notre Dame University, those three men were Johnny Nicholson, the track coach, George Keegan, the basketball coach, and Newt Rockney, the football coach. Those three were inseparable friends. Such good friends that one day Newt Rockney invited the other two, Johnny Nicholson, the track coach, and George Keegan, the basketball coach, to come over to his house. 
And when they arrived at his home, it was Rockney who spoke first. Gentlemen, I have some news for you. I've been offered a chance to leave Notre Dame to become athletic director of Columbia University in New York City. They want you, George Keegan, as basketball coach, and you, Johnny Nicholson, as track coach. Some more money, boys. Are you going to accept, Newt? I don't know. That depends on you two. Newt, we're happy here. How do we know we'd like living in New York City? I say let's stay here, Newt. I'm glad you both said that. I didn't want to stand in the way of you two making more money. That's why I felt I ought to let you both decide for yourselves. Notre Dame is our home. This is where we belong. Gentlemen, I ask you to join me in a pledge that no one of us shall ever leave Notre Dame as long as we live. And so, and so they agreed. They agreed to stay at Notre Dame. But that same night in Newt Rockney's home, each man made another vow. Since each had already pledged the remainder of his life to Notre Dame, each man now pledged that he would give to Notre Dame an athletic record that could never be beaten, and that he'd do it before he died. In 1930, Newt Rockney gave Notre Dame a national championship team. Three months later, Newt Rockney was dead. In 1939, Johnny Nicholson, the track coach, gave Notre Dame a world's championship runner. One week later, Johnny Nicholson was dead. In 1943, George Keegan, the basketball coach, gave Notre Dame a national championship. One week later, George Keegan was dead. Those three men are gone from Notre Dame now, but they kept their pledge. They stayed on and they each gave an unbeatable record to Notre Dame. It is strange, though, isn't it, that as soon as each one did, he died. But even stranger than that is the fact that that very room... That room in Newt Rockney's home where those three men once made their promise to stay together, that very room has never been touched. And it never will be touched as long as Mrs. Rockney is alive. It shall always remain as a memorial to Johnny Nicholson, George Keegan, and to Newt Rockney. Three men who promised to stay together in life and who are now together in death. For they are buried side by side on the campus of Notre Dame. Here, here Notre Dame. Wake up the echoes, cheering her name. At Notre Dame, those three men can never be forgotten. But strangely enough, one man who inspired them at all times is completely forgotten. It was he who told the world of their spirit, and yet nobody remembers his name. For even though he is forgotten, they can never forget something that he once wrote. For his name was John Shea, and it was he who wrote Notre Dame's famous victory march, a song that sung wherever the fighting Irish gathered to cheer on unbeaten Notre Dame. While her loyal sons are marching onward to victory. Profile of Notre Dame. Real three. Colgate's camera close-up of tomorrow's Navy Notre Dame football game. Notre Dame is one of the few undefeated teams left in this nation. And the coach of the Fighting Irish is the famous Frank Leahy. Now, in order that you may hear Coach Frank Leahy in person, this is Bill Stern in Chicago switching you across the nation so that the next voice you hear will be Notre Dame's famous coach, Frank Leahy, speaking from Cleveland, Ohio. Good evening, Bill. I suppose the topic Notre Dame and Navy fans would like me to discuss is the big game tomorrow between the United States Naval Academy and the Fighting Irish. We realize with absolute certainty that Navy has a fine club this fall, comprised of young men who play good, clean, hard football. Naturally, 
we don't know which team will win tomorrow afternoon. But we do have every reason to believe that it should be a most interesting contest. Navy is potentially very strong. A team that is well coached and is approximately the same aggregation that came within a yard or two of defeating Army last fall in what would have been the biggest upset of the season. So, it is only natural, therefore, that all of us affiliated with the Notre Dame team anticipate a close battle tomorrow afternoon. You know, Bill, there is another thought I should like to add. Tomorrow, no matter who wins, we think congratulations are in order for the Navy coach, Captain Tom Hamilton. For he, more than any individual in our country, was responsible for keeping intercollegiate football alive during the dark days of the war. For that contribution, everyone connected with football owes the man a deep debt of gratitude. Yes, Captain Hamilton is more than a great coach. On behalf of the University of Notre Dame, we consider it an honor to compete against his team. This is Frank Leahy at Cleveland, returning you to Bill Stern in Chicago. Thank you so much. Good luck and good night, Frank Leahy. Real four, I'll be back with another strange sports story in just a moment, but since we're broadcasting tonight from the city of Chicago, here's the best in the West, Don Elder. I hope you all heard the same thing I did when Bill Stern made his proposition a bit ago. Bill's so convinced that you'll be completely happy after even one shave with Colgate Brushless Shave Cream that unless you're completely satisfied, he'll see that you get double your money back. That's right, Don. If you're not 100% satisfied with Colgate Brushless, that it gives you cleaner, more comfortable shaves, you get your money back doubled. And so, there you are. Get Colgate Brushless Shave Cream. Try it. If you're not 100% convinced it's wonderful, send the carton top to Bill Stern, care of Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey, and get your money back doubled. Is it a go? Then go get you some Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions. Now, back to Bill Stern. Real fine. Portrait of Navy. Tomorrow in Cleveland, Ohio, as you know, Navy plays Notre Dame. We told a Notre Dame story earlier in the show, so now let's tell a story on Navy. Do you ever stop and think that there are some boys who wanted to be Navy men and yet wound up in the Army? Let me tell you the story of a boy like that. He was a boy from the Midwest. All his life he dreamed of going to Annapolis. He wanted to be a Navy man. He wanted to play football for Navy. This boy worked hard to get into the Naval Academy. One of the happiest days of his life was when he was finally told... Sonny, if you can pass the examination, you'll be admitted to the Naval Academy. From that moment on, that youngster worked as hard as he could in order to pass those examinations so that he would get into the Academy. He might have made it, too, if one day a Navy officer hadn't told him... I'm sorry, sir, but even if you passed your examinations, you couldn't get into Annapolis. You see... You're too old. Too old? Well, the boy was only 20 years old. Was that too old? Apparently it was for Navy, but it wasn't for the Army. And so the youngster decided if he couldn't go to Annapolis, he could go to West Point, and he did. At West Point, this boy went out for football. He might have become a great Army football star if, if in one of those games he hadn't broken his leg. But that broken leg kept him from playing any more football for Army. And so... A boy who wanted to go to the Navy wound up instead in the Army. It's a mighty good thing, though, that he did. For you see, this boy who wanted to go to Navy only became the greatest general in the Army. His name was Ike Eisenhower. But 
If that's the story of a boy who wanted to get into the Navy and yet wound up in the Army, now let me tell you the story that's just the reverse. The story of a boy who wanted to get into the Army and wound up in the Navy. His name was Alfred Miles. And from the moment he was old enough to know what he wanted, Alfred Miles wanted to get into the Army. He wanted to enter the United States Military Academy at West Point. And he might have gone to West Point, too, if one day his father hadn't told him. Alfred, I'm sorry, but I don't seem to be able to get you an appointment to West Point. However, I can get you an appointment to Annapolis. Alfred Miles took that appointment to Naval Academy, and he was never sorry. For after he entered Annapolis in 1902... He set out to make a name for himself at the Naval Academy. He went out for football. And even though he couldn't make Navy's first team in his senior year, he helped the Navy to its first victory over an Army football team in six years. Alfred Miles had made a name for himself as a Navy man. And he continued to distinguish himself in the First World War. And yet, in the years that followed, even though he still stayed in the Navy, there seemed little for him to do until, well, by the time this last war broke out, Alfred Miles was retired. They said that they needed younger men in the Navy now, and even though he tried to get back in, it seemed that the Navy had no place for him. Until finally, in desperation, the United States government finally did find a place for him. They made him an officer again, only this time they made him an officer in the Army. And that's the story of Alfred Miles, a Navy man who wound up in the Army. But even though he did wind up in the Army, the Navy can never forget him. For this man who finally wound up in the Army wrote Navy's song. Anchors away, my boys. Anchors away. Until we meet once more, here's wishing you a happy voyage home. Profile of Navy's football song, Anchors Away, which was written by a Navy man who wound up in the Army. And that's the 3-0 mark for tonight. We've been speaking tonight from Chicago, getting ready to broadcast tomorrow's football game between Illinois and Michigan. Next Friday evening, we'll be back same time, same stations, broadcasting from Chicago and South Bend. And from South Bend, our guest next Friday night on the eve of the Army Notre Dame football game will be the wife of Notre Dame's immortal Newt Rockney, Mrs. Newt Rockney. So be sure and be with us at our usual time next Friday evening. See you then. Until then, I'll be seeing you on the screen in the News of the Day newsreel at favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. Now, until next Friday night at the very same time, it's Bill Stern wishing you all a good, good night from Chicago. Bill Stern, the Colgate Chief Command, is on his way. Bill Stern, the Colgate Chief Command, has lots to say. He told you tales of sports, he rolls the inside hope he really knows, so listen in next Friday night. See, hold hands, you hate The Bill Stern Show tonight came from Chicago, Illinois, and Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs>